Bible Treasures Topic 7 Holiness Welcome to the Sound Doctrine Telecast. Praise God for all the corrective teaching we received through this series of talks. The subject we are considering during the last eight weeks has been Biblical Holiness. Beloved, we are not only studying the theological aspects of holiness, but we are also considering its practical aspects. Because we must know why we believe what we believe. Only then we can be properly rooted and grounded in the truth. That is why in the course of these talks, we ourselves raise many questions and find answers from the Bible. And we have the topic before us, how not to sanctify. So far, we have done eight lessons. Number one, do not depend on your strength. Number two, do not forget your responsibility. Lesson number three, do not become sin conscious. Lesson number four. Do not give excuses for failures. Lesson number five. Do not overlook the sins of omission. Lesson number six. Do not practice seclusion. And lesson number seven. Do not belittle relationships. Last week we studied lesson number 8. Do not slacken devotional disciplines. Today we will move on to lesson number 9. How not to sanctify. Do not be blinded by success. Once again, how not to sanctify. Do not be blinded by success. Do you know what is popularly thought all over Christendom? When a man is blessed in his work, when a man is blessed in his family, when a man is blessed in various aspects of his life, it is immediately concluded that God is pleased with his life. But beloved, that is not the biblical teaching. Whether it relates to material blessing or spiritual blessing. Let's look at some biblical passages. Book of Ecclesiastes 7th chapter and 15th verse. I have seen all things in my days of vanity. There is a just man who perishes in his righteousness and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his wickedness. Come to the 8th chapter and look at the 14th verse. There is a vanity which occurs on earth that there are just men to whom it happens according to the work of the wicked. Again, there are wicked men to whom it happens according to the work of the righteous. I said, this is also vanity. Beloved, all these things refer to immediate blessing. 
but the ultimate blessing is always reserved for the righteous people that's what we read in the 12th and the 13th verses of the same 8th chapter Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before Him. But it will not be well with the wicked, nor will he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he does not fear before God. Unfortunately, we draw most of our conclusions based on the immediate blessings. But God is interested in the ultimate blessing. Another point we want to note here, God does not punish sin immediately. The eleventh verse, Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Yes, beloved, these truths are very fundamental when we talk about holiness. Another point we want to note here, The blessings of God are not because of our goodness. But they are always because of God's goodness and kindness. And we want to add another statement here. God's punishment are not immediate, but they are also much less than what we deserve. Turn with us to that famous psalm, even Psalm 103. Uh, Look at the tenth verse. God has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. This was very clearly and openly acknowledged by Israel when he was confessing his own sins and the sins of his people. Turn with us to the book of Israel, 9th chapter. Read the 13th verse. After all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, since you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserve and have given us such deliverance as this. Not only blessings are not because of our goodness, Even victories in our lives are not because of our goodness. Most of the times they are because of the wickedness of our enemies. Turn with us to the book of Deuteronomy to look at the classic words. Ninth chapter. We'll read verses 4 and 5 to you. Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast out your enemies before you, saying, Because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me to possess the land, but it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. The same truth is repeated in the fifth verse also. It is not because of your righteousness or uprightness. It is because of the wickedness of those enemies I drove them away. 
So, beloved, not only blessings but also victories are not because of our righteousness but because of God's goodness. Just because God has given us a lot of gifts, even spiritual gifts, that also cannot be taken as an indicator of our holiness. Turn with us for an example in 1 Corinthians 1st chapter. Look at the 7th verse. What do we read about the Corinthian Christians? You come short in no gift. You are eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Corinthian Christians had almost all the gifts of the Spirit. And they were even waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. But what was their standard of holiness? Turn with us to the third chapter and third words. But still, carnal, where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? All the gifts of the Spirit they had, but they were in the height of carnality also. Beloved, unless we understand and grasp this truth properly, we will not be motivated to live holy. That was the condition of the people of God in the early days. Turn with us to the book of Hosea, 4th chapter, 7th verse. The more they increase, the more they sin. In the New Testament, Apostle Paul warns us of this danger. Turn with us to the book of Romans, 6th chapter. We'll read the first two verses. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now why do we say that? Look at the 20th words of the previous chapter. What does the last line say? Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Just because the grace of God is abundant, just because the blessing of God are abundant, we should not continue in sin. Another point we have to note, and that is quite serious. We may be very regular and systematic in our devotional exercises, yet it is possible that we live a life that does not please God. Now that possibility is so clearly brought out by Paul in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter. Read the first five verses to you. Brothers, we don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. And all drank of the same spiritual drink. This obviously referred to spiritual disciplines. But what was their true condition? The fifth words. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. They were going through all spiritual disciplines, but they were living a life that was not pleasing to God. This is not just a historical record, beloved. The sixth words. 
These things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And in this context we want to make another reference. In order to cover up our sin, we normally increase our ministerial activities also. That was the problem of King Saul. What did God tell King Saul? To destroy Amalekites and all that belonged to Amalekites completely. But what did he do? He destroyed only worthless things. All the fatlings and goody-goody things, he and the people, they spared it. And when Samuel the prophet confronted the king, what the king answered, all these things I have kept only to sacrifice unto the Lord. Immediately, forthrightly, prophet Samuel spoke on his face. To obey is better than sacrifice. In other words, holiness is more important than ministry. Now, beloved, if you turn with us to the book of Jeremiah, this was the custom of the people of old also. Turn with us to the 7th chapter. We'll read from verse 3. There was such an awkward condition. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. What is important is repentance. What were they doing? And look at the fourth verse. Don't trust in these lying words saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. They were more interested in religious activities than a holy living. And look at the fifth verse. And God said, I want you to thoroughly amend your ways and your doings. Yes, beloved, don't try to increase ministerial activities just to cover up sinful living. At the same time, now suppose you have fallen into sin. Don't stop everything and go to sleep. That way you will further sink into sin. Deal with that sin thoroughly. Look for the earliest instance after dealing with that sin thoroughly that you may continue to serve the Lord and bless the people. Now that example we have from King David. We all know his fall into a horrible sin. Two years he was hiding his sin. Obviously he was not able to testify for the Lord. Then he started confessing his sin. You know, what does he say in this in confession? Psalm 51 verses 12 and 13. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. What for? Look at the 13th verse. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. He was very anxious that he should be quickly restored so that he will continue his ministry of bringing people into God's kingdom. This is an encouraging truth which Jesus Christ also has given. 
what does he say if there is a branch which does not bring forth any fruit that's cut off and thrown into fire but if there is a fruit bearing branch what does the father do he cleanses it he prunes it further so that it may bring forth more fruit Yes, beloved, don't fall into the trap of perfection doctrine. What does that doctrine say? Why preach when you are not perfect? Beloved, God is not looking for perfect vessels, but He is looking for purified vessels. Let us understand every truth in the context of biblical teaching. we want to serve a closing warning here god does not withdraw his gift from us immediately he does not punish us also immediately because it is so we need to be aware of the beginnings of deviation from god's ways that's what is so clearly warned in psalm 19th chapter 11th verse we read that God's word wants God's servants from verse 12 to 14 you know what is the way in which slowly the backsliding begins first it is errors and next it becomes faults and next it becomes presumptuous sin finally it becomes great transgression this is where samson failed you read judges 16 chapter when you find time first he went into a prostitute then he fell in love with delilah even during that time when philistines came upon him on three occasions he shook himself and he got delivered that time he should have taken a severe warning if he had become alert at that time the story would have had a different ending you know what the bible says prudent man he forces evil and he hides himself but a foolish man he walks into it and he perishes that was the end of samson he was beginning to play with his own anointing what was his anointing the nazarite vow unto god was his anointing and when he played with his anointing he did not know that the lord had left him how not to sanctify do not be blinded by success god bless you